and and just be real with your friends and you know your girlfriends and talk about things like talk about the random hair that pops up on your chin like you know what I mean like talk about like how ridiculous it is that like my mustache hair grows faster than any other hair on my body like why <laughs> you know and I think it's like breaking down that like photoshop conversation that we're having with each other you know it's not just looking at the images but then we're feeling so embarrassed we like put so many subjects on taboo and Mm. it's like break it down talk about it be real i'm alison rice and welcome to offline the podcast these are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast, and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create, and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast, a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. Jessica Vandelay is possibly one of the most captivating women I've ever met. She spent much of her childhood living in New Guinea's highlands and her teenage years in Sydney's Sutherland Shire. She's a news journalist and the founder of empowerment platform Project Womankind. Jess is also an established curve model and has worked and lived in New York and London. I met her in late 2018 at the launch of ethical fashion label Chief Studio and went on to stalk her on Instagram before inviting her to share the way she sees the world and herself here on Offline. Jess is the example of the type of influence we need more of in our feeds. Smart, body positive, barrier breaking and an advocate for issues bigger than her own. Here's Jess and I for Offline. You are a, a writer and an editor, mm-hmm. a journalist, yes, a model, yes, and you're the founder of Project Womankind, yes. So I want to talk to you about all of these things, mm-hmm. but I first want to start with understanding your upbringing. Okay, I know you're from the Shire. Go from the way back. I yes. was saying I googled you a lot, oh. and there's not a lot on the personal <laughs> no. bio stuff. Yeah, so. I think I think um, yeah, I actually grew up. I started out, I grew up in New Guinea. I was born in Australia, but at about like, you know, two weeks old, my parents took me back to New Guinea because that's where they were living and where my dad's from. And um, I grew up there until I was about 10. And then I moved uh, and I was in a tiny little like, well, I mean, not so tiny, but it was, it was a small town, like, you know, like a kind of like a country town um, in the mountains in the Western Highlands of Papua New Guinea called Mount Hagen. And um, then I moved to the Shire when I was, uh, yeah, about Nine or ten. My was that a massive lifestyle change? Huge, yeah. yeah, huge. I mean, like, it was crazy because, I mean, I'd been to Australia before a few times because my grandparents still lived here, and my mum's my mum grew up in in Ingedine where I grew up, um, and yeah, 
I'd been back, but I didn't, you know, like we didn't have, I remember when we got off the plane, actually, um, I think it was when we first moved back, but we got off the plane, my sister and I were with my mum. I don't remember if my brother was there, but my sister and I were with my mum. And, you know, I could never, I don't even think I'd ever been on an escalator that I could remember. Wow. Like, you know, like I didn't know what it was. I just saw this big thing with teeth moving <laughs> and I was like, I'm not getting on that. And my mum like got on the escalator and went down and my sister and I were stuck at the top and we're like, no, no. And this lovely, like, fascinating. this lovely man had to like hustle us on. And my mum's like, oh, like my kids, are, they don't know what an escalator. I mean, I think I've seen them in the movies. I mean, we weren't like you know, in a village or something, but like, I just never been on one that I could remember. Wow. So it was like, yeah, and it was it's very an interesting age, nine or 10. Yeah. Because it's when we're really, um, imprinting mm-hmm. in terms of like our programming and, you know, internal and who we're going to be. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you had like quite a big life change at yeah. that time where you're just starting to become really aware. Totally. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, you know, as a little girl too, like, your priorities are totally different when you're growing up in the jungle. Like, you know, like I went to school and everything like that, but like, it was very different. It was like, you know, the kids that I, some of the kids I went to school with lived in huts, like, you know, or wow. like, you know, actual like village life. And they might've been the more well-off kids that came from those villages that came to my school. Cause I, I did go to a good, you know, international school, but still, you know, very, very different. Like, you know, it wasn't, I remember the thing that I wanted most, my grandma brought up for me once was a purple billabong t-shirt. <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> oh yeah. And that was all, that was like it, you know, and that was the closest because I was like, Australian kids wear billabong. Like, I think that's wow. what I thought. Yeah. How do you reflect on that now? Like, do you feel a lot of pull back there or? Yeah. I mean, my, my family still lives over there. A lot of them, my dad and my two brothers and my sister live there and a lot of my aunts and uncles and for sure it's, it's my home, you know, like I go back there and I feel more at home than I do anywhere in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 Because it is my home and I, you know, we went back and forth for, um, you know, I, I was there October last year and I try and go back as much as I can. It's just hard because it's a different kind of place and my work doesn't really work for me up there at the moment. So, mm. yeah, I can't really live, see myself living there um, right now. Right now, but maybe later? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I would never want my – I would love to have kids in the future have the same experience that I had in terms of, like, growing up with coffee, you know, on a big – plantation around you with you know like a big football field as a front yard and like horses and dogs and you know like you know you just walk in the jungle with big I remember we had like big bush knives we'd just walk around in the jungle and like cut things down and play on things and like yeah like it was really wild we were were totally wild when we came to Australia my mum was like oh my god (laughs) like the kids in the street were like we were crazy like (laughs) wow yeah yeah, we were wild. What a fascinating upbringing. Yeah. And then I guess I wonder, and this is maybe expansive or not, like how much of that has shaped the woman you are today and perhaps the course that you're on today, like the yeah. life course and path? Yeah. I mean, I think it does. I think for sure it's like given, it gave me growing up in it you know, in a developing country, it gives you a a certain grounding for sure. And like, I was definitely not a baby when I came back. I was a kid, but like, you know, I had my own thoughts and my own ideas about things. And, you know, I was still obviously 10 or, you know, you're very malleable, Mm. but you're, um, 
you are very much like I think the integral part of who you are is totally formed and you know if at that age you know you're, you're gonna have to fight for the rest of your life to not be that person you know what I mean so I think I yeah I am a very curious That's like good therapy actually. yeah <laughs> like if anyone's listening if you're wondering yeah I mean between eight and ten yeah I mean yeah I I, I that's just not Dr Jessica mm. speaking who has no qualifications <laughs> and nobody asked but um yeah I think I I definitely had it's kind of like you got two views on the world a hundred percent yeah like and that's the thing and then I moved to you know to the Shire and it's very like blonde hair blue eyes like oh man totally different I think there was my brother and my sister and I and then well, I went to a big school and there was probably uh, there was the De Silvers, which were a Sri Lankan family, and then there were uh, the Kegels, which were another Sri Lankan family, and then there was like a few other kids who I think were from I can't remember where they were, but there was we were like a handful of kids who were just like from somewhere else, but like you know it was it was a very different you know Isn't we that looked different in that you remember the last names. Of your yeah, minority, yeah, I guess in a way, I never even thought of that. Yeah, no? because when I think about people I went to school with, I remember the last names of my friends. Yeah, but I don't remember the last names of the other people who look like me, walk like me, talk like me. Maybe, yeah. You know, so how interesting that you. Well, we definitely yeah. like were like. I mean, we 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 spoke English, and we were yeah. you know we were Australian in like a lot of senses because. My mum's Australian and my dad grew up in, you know, went to boarding school in Queensland. But for sure, like, it was it was really different. Like, it was like going to school in like a – I felt like an alien for a while. Yeah. For sure. But it was good though. Everyone mm. was – you know, people – I don't think anyone was nasty or anything like that in more than what little girls are to any other little girl. Yeah. Well, that's like, good. Yeah. It was like – it was very positive but it was definitely a culturally different place and like just physically – like was different. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's probably a nice segue into – I was going to talk about it later, but I feel like we should talk about it up front, Project Womankind, mm. because that really is who you are and what you stand for and sort of what you advocate for. Yeah. And so some there's some sort of diversity in there about – and I was saying to you on email, I wanted to talk about diversity not being – an initiative, mm. which is something that really gets to me. Eleanor Pendleton and I were talking on her episode, which actually never made it in purely because we had spoken for so long and I was like, we've got to cut this thing down. But, you know, she was saying um, beauty brands were pushing into diversity is a really positive thing because it's bringing it to the forefront and we're yeah. addressing it and we're getting better. And then my positioning was, but I'm really fucking sad about that mm. because I'm sad that you know, I would have clients in my old role ask me if they we would do like an Asian special. Mm. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> this isn't a month long, you know, and then I go also to, you know, you um, are labelled as a curve model mm -hmm. and I want to talk about that label later as well. Yeah. And so that's something that you advocate on behalf of, but why do we have to label it this thing and get around it as an initiative? Yeah. Whereas can't it just be every day? Oh, programming, you know? Yeah, like why? I mean, the, I think the thing is, is I've been having this conversation ever since I started modelling, you know, when I was like a teenager, like, um, and it's something that I didn't, I really thought like people will get it in a year. Like, you know, when I was 
doing it. This I was thought, like a decade ago, yeah, right? Yeah, this was twenty. Um, you know, I was I was nineteen when I first started modeling, so yeah, it was ten years ago. And I was like, oh, in a year, people are going to get this because, like, obviously, like, you know what I mean. And it's still a conversation now. I'm just like, what the fuck? Mm. Like, why do I have to even convince anybody still? And I feel like it is changing. A lot has progressed in the last couple of years, but still, I think people are some powers that be are still thinking of it like a trend. And I'm like, no, no, buddy, Mm. we're not going back. Like, you know, like we're out of the, we're out in the world and we're doing like, we're, you know, curvy girls, black girls, Asian girls, like, you know, any older women. Pardon? It's the, it's norm. You know what I mean? That's Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody is is Instead of the, the small amount of people that look like the, I guess, construct Mm -hmm. the social construct of beauty yeah and it's taken it's taken australia a lot longer to pick up on the and i and i mean that in the sense that like we have a small population Mm. you know compared to a lot of other you know western countries but at the same time we have a very diverse population which has been underrepresented you know Mm. when it comes to you know I remember even when I first moved to the UK in my early 20s and I came back with the sense of like you know if they they had those united colors of Bentonaz and like you know uh, you know so much diversity there because I guess the thing is they'd already kind of they had the the racial diversity um Mm. debate already going because it's and it was so visual like you know in a lot of ways like there was a lot in more allowing, racial diversity yes, in their advertising. Allowing the population to see themselves. Yes, is important. Reflected back at them. It's so important. But then I remember coming back to Australia and like I would mm. still see like, I'm not going to name certain names, mm. but like some brands still need to like pick it up. But I'd be like six people in an ad, all all the like white, blonde, blonde, blue eyes. Yeah, just, just, just white people. Like, yeah. you know, and I was like, that didn't used to bother me, but now that I know that it should be different, it really be pisses me off. Mm. Yeah. And it's now it's changing, but it's still like sometimes I still think it's an afterthought and it really shouldn't be. Mm. Like sometimes I'm like, how the fuck did that ad make it on TV? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, how many checks did that go through before someone was like, you know what? Like, this is not very diverse, can it? Mm. And, and it should be a real, like, it should be. A measure of like if this is a good ad mm-hmm. like it's not just like a oh well next one we'll do diversity in the next one it's like no if there's no diversity in this one yeah it shouldn't run yeah yeah and like businesses bringing in either consultants or having people employed that um look after diversity and inclusion and ethical business yeah but that in the states is huge now. yeah there's people who that's their where, where you'll have like yeah. gender editors or like, you know, like cultural editors or, you know, or whatever, where it will be someone specifically looking out for the for the blind spots, mm. you know, of the company. So was that your, was that part of the motivation for Project Womankind yeah. as a platform? Absolutely. Like it was, you know, it was something that I, I just kind of thought no one's doing it here. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I love that. Nobody is doing this. And I was already then modeling for, you know, I'd been modeling for probably close to, I don't know, 10 years at that point. And I was like, well, I know how, I know how to produce a shoot. I know photographers. I can I know, write. Yeah, I can, I, I can write. I can, I can film stuff. I can edit. I'm going to do it. So I just did it. And it went 
crazy. Like, mm. and because it hadn't been done here before and I kind of, and I, do you know what? I didn't have anyone like um, PR wise, like helping me. I just emailed my friends. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Cause I was in media. So I just emailed them and I said, Hey, do you want this? It's like content, you mm. know, do you like it? And they were like, fuck yeah, we like it. Like, here you go, have this, you know, can we do? And I kind of just did it myself and before, and then I went to bed and then I woke up and it was like, you know, everywhere. Yeah, Harper's Bazaar, Mexico. Like it was just like mm. everywhere. It was like, you know, and the I'll Daily Mail. Like, when I reflect on that, on editor side, um, having run publications, you know, what I think you gave them was permission to publish that content because we had so many fantastic conversations about how to be in those areas that we weren't. Mm. But then as we looked into our teams, we go, fuck, do we have anyone that can actually do write? it? Mm. And then you reflect as a manager and go, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, talk about diversity and inclusion. What does the shape of my team look like? And so you're, you're the credibility and the authenticity and it's your words because it's your story yeah and so what I I think about that and I think you gave them permission to be there yeah and and in a credible way yeah and I think as well the girls that joined me on the project that you know featured in that first series were so honest and so raw and they were you know some of them were friends of mine some of them I didn't really know but I sent them this brief and I and they were just as passionate about the diversity you know especially in that was more directed at size diversity but they were just as passionate about it and they were just as willing to get into their undies or and their clothes and I don't always think you have to make comments about size in your underwear or anything like that but it was just to prove a point you know at that time I thought we can do it comfortably and if you're comfortable with doing this and they came with the most real because you know what like the pressure on women about being a certain size and looking a certain way is Mm. so real like it happens to you from the time you're a little girl like like I said you know being you know coming to Australia and like I, I felt it immediately. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I looked different immediately and it was like shocking. Mm. Like, you know, it's a very visceral reaction when you realise, oh, I look really different and mm. like I'm embarrassed or mm. like, you know, so they came with these really amazing stories of like honest, raw, like mm. there was tears. Like I, I could cry like thinking I about you. like I could, I, seriously oh, because I was like so, so moved. Yeah. 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 And I, I truly was. I'll tell you I watched it and I cried <laughs> yeah you know and um it's hard it is yeah not for me <laughs> at all um I think it's difficult to um be brave enough to produce the content mm. in the first place without understanding or knowing how it's going to be received yeah um but then trusting in your own intuition which you have like I guess I want to say thank you because we need you. Oh, thank you. Know. you. And um, to the girls listening, it's like, you know, part of what I want to ask you is how how can we – and I'm sitting here as a size 10 blonde blue-eyed woman. And there's right? a place for you. Oh, my God. But I'm everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but no, but that's the thing. It's yeah. about diversity. There is a yeah. place for you as well. It's not about – Yes, exactly, yeah. one or the other. Mm. But what I want to know and what I hope other women can take out of this listening, how do we love ourselves more? Because if I'm sitting here as the prototype and even I don't 
love my body. Mm. What a massive issue that I'm actually seeing myself reflected in the advertisements and the content, but I don't actually think I'm worthy. I mean, I think when you say you see yourself reflected, I mean, those still to this day, a lot of those advertising and a lot of the media that's put on you is still not real. Like, Mm. you know, you see an airbrushed version of someone who might share similar features to you or a version of of you know a girl who doesn't even look like that girl like you know what Mm. I mean and so that's why I think if we can just get to a place where we're just like you know there's nothing wrong with aspiration you know there's nothing wrong with creating a beautiful image and like something but it's just we have to find some kind of balance where it's like realness where people don't look at something and they don't immediately their companies need to choose a different formula because we don't need to look at things anymore where we are our immediate reaction is negative and I should buy something to make myself feel better yeah Yeah. it should be you know what I feel good like it's it's our our world is set up in a really strange way it's Mm. bizarre you know so I think what I'd say about like you know the journey of you know find loving yourself is like it's, it's constant. It's a decision every day. You know, I don't always feel 120 million percent about myself, but I just like know that I set my world up in a way that like, you know, I shouldn't, I, I'm not bombarded with negativity that, that would influence me otherwise. You know, I'm not poisoning myself, um, actively poisoning myself. I'm actively trying to like, you know, engage in lo- loving positivity around myself you know following people even it it could be so simple it could just be you know if you feel really bad about yourself and this is for you know I've said this to people before look at who you follow on social media like if you spend a lot of time online scroll look at who you're following you know like those images you and that's a choice that you're making you know like you've got to just choose to um follow people who make you feel differently you know a bit empowered empowered yeah it's that purge yeah I did it about (laughs) six or so months ago and what I realized is Instagram is a program it's TV it's a Mm -hmm. show and the moment I changed the channel I was like whoa you know mute is very fantastic that picture Because it gets rid of all of the personal, doesn't it? It's yeah. Like, it's not that I'm not following you. It's just like I choose not to subscribe to your TV show today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's doing nothing for me. It's not feeding me. It's not nourishing me. I only just learned about Mute. Oh, I didn't oh know my about God, it. It's so good. <laughs> I guess I'm a bit worried someone's going to create an app that's like find out who, who muted you. Yeah. And I'll yeah. be like, oh, no. But then even then it's just like, yeah, we're, you know, it, it's it's a small thing to do but it's a it's a you know it's something that you're choosing to consume and it's 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 just little things that you do every day like you know do things that make you feel good but like you know make your bed if it makes you feel good in the morning it's a little like I say this to people it's just like something I do every day it's a little gift to myself when I get home my bed's made it makes me happy I was worth it like Mm. you know what I mean I was worth the two minutes to just and I don't make it with the sheets which (laughs) my one of my friends recently said was disgusting but (laughs) I just chuck the doona over and like sort the pillows (laughs) um but yeah like it's just little things that you can do that are just little self-love love acts like Mm. you know that I think always help but you know I and that's just my personal you know way of going about things I know a lot of people have a a lot of other different methods but yeah and then just be real with your friends and 
you know, your girlfriends and talk about things like talk about the random hair that pops up on your chin. Like, you know what I mean? Like talk about like how ridiculous it is that like my mustache hair grows faster than any other hair on my body. Like why? <laughs> you know? And I think it's like breaking down that like photoshopped conversation that we're having with each other. You know, it's mm. not just looking at the images, but then we're feeling so embarrassed. We like put so many subjects on taboo mm. and it's like, break it down, talk about it, talk about it. It's at this time I have to implore you to spend some time on projectwomankind.com. Just like Offline seeks to be, it's imperfect, honest and real. It highlights and celebrates the lives, journeys and achievements of women and exists to remind us that we are more than what we see in the mirror. You'll find contributions from brave women whose stories might sound a bit like yours. Making the difficult choice to have an abortion. Finding out you have herpes what it feels like to be sexually assaulted in public. Jess explained it's all about breaking down barriers. That's that's just women, like, breaking down their barriers and telling their stories. And, like, the story about um, sometimes you get herpes, which, Mm. you know, someone I know wrote, and it's actually one of the funniest things I've read. Like, it was, like, pretty funny because she wrote it in such a real way where she was just... vagina was going to fall off. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's, like, a real thing, you Mm. know, like, people have... These mm. issues and they they feel so stigmatized and that's ashamed, when and yeah. ashamed and it's just like I think you know when we just get real about like you know it's just a demonized skin disorder like you know what I mean it's that's it like mm. you don't need to go and you know feel depressed about it for days I mean sure it's not ideal mm. for a situation but like you know and and then Beck talking about her you know her heart um, condition and then also talking about you know, how that made her feel spiritually and, like, you know, did she feel like she was deserving and, like, you know, all these kinds of things about, like, you know, is it – it's just a breaking down of of real conversations Mm -hmm. and it lets – when you do that, I think people just really connect with you. Like, you know what I mean? It just breaks down the bullshit and people just feel like, okay, I can be myself. Like, you know, I don't have to feel like, oh, God, I can't cross my legs this Mm -hmm. way because Mrs. Perfect over there is going to judge me. If I think about the narratives I'm running sometimes in my mind, I'm thinking about my weight, I'm thinking about wish my boobs were a bit bigger, why do my arms sometimes look like sausages, why do I have adult acne, no one else seems to have that, (laughs) obviously we all do. I think about all these things Mm. and it's so fucking vain and then I consume content that you're producing, right, for an example, and I go, this person needed a new heart. Mm. yours works yeah for fuck's sake yeah and so I think what's so commendable about it is you're giving us perspective yeah which we can't get anywhere else right now I mean really because so much of what's force-fed on Instagram and even lots of women's titles right and I'm not Mm. saying I was exempt from publishing that content myself um it's just not additive and it's not making us feel good yeah. And so, like, it's back to that, like, switch it off, turn it off. Let's get off the TV show, you know? I mean, perspective is, like, one of my favourite words and because it's just so powerful. Like, you know what I mean? It's more powerful than, like, anything. Once you truly get perspective, it's, like, it rocks you. It's, mm. like, whoa, oh, my God, like, it's something hits you. And it is and it is one of those, you know, I think it's something that maybe I did get from, in, in a sense, like, I did feel perspective when I grew up in a different country and like you know but I still have to be reminded all the time like you know I would think oh god I feel like 
shit today or whatever. And I'm like, wait, you know, I used to see kids with like sores and their legs were going to like fall off, you know, and that kind of gave me perspective in that sense. But it's, it's just one of those things that you have to be reminded no matter where you come from, no matter, you know, you can always get caught up in your own head, Mm. but it's, it's getting perspective and knowing. That's why I do think like social media is a great thing though. It is. Oh yeah. It's, you can get, you know, sometimes I, I scroll through and I see something that just rocks my world and I'm like, oh my God. Thank like God for this because otherwise they wouldn't have found it or found yeah, you. And exactly. same, I wouldn't, no, okay, I'd met you at the event. Yes. So I would have met you. Yes. we met in real life. But certainly I became very attracted to what you were doing through mm-hmm. social media and the internet broadly. So it is a positive thing. I keep saying I've got to make sure offline isn't just like Instagram bashing. Yeah, yeah. Because I love Instagram. I'm on oh. it all day. And, and all that's and yeah. the, Instagram and social media, it's something that's like pu- push the agenda on, you know, diversity and mm-hmm. size diversity because people now can vote with their follows and their clicks and their likes. And like, you know, it is something that's really um, made – power and literally in people's hands yes yeah can I ask you what is your relationship with the label curve model or plus size yeah I think it's um you know I'm really I'm comfortable with the the terminology plus size and I've said this before um I've I've written a few stories about this because I've, I've had people you know curve model friends of mine who were like oh you know you wrote that article and you wrote I'm a plus size model. Like, I can't believe you did that. Like, you know, we're just models. And I'm like, yeah, I know we are. But, you know, at the same time, I do recognize there is, you know, an industry difference. And, um, you know, I'm comfortable with it. I do think that, like, it does get bandied around a bit depending on, you know, I look at some models who get called plus size and I can understand how that can be confusing for people because I'm like, you know, she's... (laughs) very thin like you know in in slim and in a, and beautiful but like certainly not you know I, I'm legitimately like curvy you know there's no way I can cover my I got a big ass <laughs> and my boobs are huge like you know so it's like it's um it's definitely something that I'm comfortable with it but I do hope we get to a place where we can just be like human like you know what I mean where totally. we don't have to use all these descriptors of like you know, plus size or in betweeny model or straight size or a runway model. Like, you know, when it comes to fashion, though, I understand the the actual um, practicality in it. In in terms of like, it would be embarrassing if someone said, "Oh, we want you know five brunette girls and you know to rock up to a casting and they're going to do this and you rock up and the the sizes aren't there's nothing there for you to try on." You know what I mean? Like, it's it from a practicality standpoint, it did make sense to me. Um, so I just, I was never offended by it. Mm. And also I, I'm proud to be my, in my body, you know, like it doesn't, I, I think that's one thing that like perspective wise, like I struggled a little bit maybe like, you know, and for sure, like there were moments where I questioned myself, but I'm really lucky that like I had some friends who were like severely like body dysmorphic and like had really big dramas and like, I just didn't have that problem you know Mm. I didn't I wasn't I can understand it but I didn't I didn't suffer from from Mm. that deeply in the sense that you know I was embarrassed about my body and my size so it's not yeah and I I, you know I have some friends who are like oh you know they're plus size models and they don't care about being called fat you know I I don't really care about being called fat either if if it's like in a but it's 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 about intention Mm. you know if it's in a it's in a playful like you know 
um, it's like anything, mm. you know, anything can be made into a bit of a what slur. Is fat, though? Yeah. You know? And I love this quote from J.K. Rowling, is, is being fat the worst thing in the world? Um, you know, it's, it's used as such a judgment and a slur on somebody, but, you know, isn't being boring or, or nasty or mean or, you know, that's so much worse. And it's not to say oh God, that totally. you shouldn't take offence if someone's calling you fat, but also the person calling people fat, it's like, what the fuck, You dude? have an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. With Judging other people's Identity bodies. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. It's really what not the worst thing. In? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the nastiest thing. It really shows, a, it, you know, that word being used as a, as a really nasty slur is probably more of a um, reflection on our society being very sizist and unaccepting. Mm. Yeah. And judging people's health based on their weight, you know, it's, it's, it's not... I mean, that is an entire conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I told Jess about a recent appointment with an acupuncturist who told me to eat my way back to optimal health after a difficult few months. I explained how polarising it was to be told, for the first time ever, to feed myself. It was very primal, both her words and the way she cared for me in the room. It got Jess and I onto discussing sizeism and diet. It was just beautiful because she also just... um, held me and just said I'm really sorry Mm. you know yeah and that kind of very deep sort of female woman to woman you know and then just like I'll get upset talking about it but like just was just brushing my hair you know an inexplicable kind of trend like you know exchange of energy yeah yeah and like how did you get there how do you how do we let ourselves yeah get to like chronic fatigue and not that I have that and I but that's what I'm working against now yeah. right it's like we run ourselves based on the narratives in our head the things we're seeing we run ourselves so hard yeah and we can't even tell the difference between adrenal energy and our actual you know and that's when energy. you like tap into your like that's when I. That's when you think like, yeah, you can't judge a person's health by the way they look, but if you connect with them and mm. like, you know, we do radiate how we feel on the mm. inside. Like we we do, you know. It's like some of the most. Be- look, Nigella Lawson is like one of the most radiant, like, oh you know, like beings, and she's so curvy and like, you know, and I don't mean that by like, oh, she and she's curvy. Like I don't mm. mean it as a. I just mean like, you know, by the standards of like, mm. she's had to be through all this like. heroin chic times and everything and she's radiated it and it's like you know what I loved what you said before which I guess I would identify this with Nigella is like you she's in her body I try and make like decisions where I feel the decisions like Mm -hmm. I really try and feel every decision I make and that that you know I don't know if that is what maybe um because you know it's always life is really hard and you have to make decisions every day. But I think if you can kind of get into a place where you're listening to yourself, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's just taking time to listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And maybe that's, that is, it it does make people feel like you're taking just a little bit bit more of a minute, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it'll be worth it once I, you know, once I decide what I want to wear, because I even do this thing where, um, I've done it since I was forever. 
I would pick up a magazine if I was going to get ready for something and I'd pick up magazines and stack them on my bed and sit in my towel naked and decide how I felt. Like, you know what I mean? And be like, what outfit do I decide that I feel like today? And it would take me ages. People are like, hurry up. You take so long. I'm like, but if I don't come out in the outfit that I feel, I won't be ready. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Ready for the world. I won't be ready. I will never and be ready. And yeah. And it's even like, I feel like that with food, like, you know, I, I sure I could probably eat better and make better decisions sometimes, but sometimes you're just like, I feel like 10 passion fruits. Okay. Like I feel for some reason, yeah. like there's something in them that I need them. And today you felt for chicken nuggets. I felt for chicken nuggets. Exactly. And you had those chicken yeah. nuggets. Yeah. And sometimes I don't feel for any food at all. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, I think if you can try and make decisions, even just minute, small decisions, um, it just feels, and you know, and I don't always get it right. I don't always feel great. You know, I probably don't always radiate a, a energy that I'm proud Authentic of. Power. Yeah, I probably don't always, but I try and do it as much as I can and make that who I am as a person and surround myself with people who are like that. I have a very um, small, very small community of people that I've really let into. I think a lot of people probably think they're close to me. But I don't know if they really would know. Like, you know, I'm actually not like that, you know. I relate to that. Yeah. Mm. I'm, a, I'm definitely and, you know, I think people – I I heard someone saying it's like a shy loud. Like, you know, I'm happy to accommodate the room and like host the room and everything but then I will go into my room for three days after that and recharge from that experience and then have to come back out. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm so similar. Yeah. What's that shy loud? Shy loud. I think it's, um, yeah, someone just explained it to me once and they'd heard someone else say it, so I can't claim any. But, yeah, it's like, a, you know, you are by nature, you know, and probably similar to, you know, I came into your house and you've given me, you know, water and you know made sure I was comfortable and everything like that and so like if you're an accommodating person you know you're not going to let awkward silences happen you're not going to let people feel uncomfortable because you want to accommodate for them but you also it depletes you it you know like you're saying before you run off adrenaline it Mm. it 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 makes you nervous you know because you you're trying to accommodate people yeah and there's nothing Mm. wrong with that because you know I think the world, people are born differently in the world and the reason why they're born differently is because we have to be, you know, there has to be accommodators, there has to be hosts, there has to be people to introduce people to people. Like, you know, there has to be people who bring people together and let them gel. Like, you know what I mean? It's not... There has to be socially awkward people. There, there has, has to, to be. be. Oh, my God, There has to be profound. all these yeah. different kinds of people. So, like, you should, instead of, like, trying to run away from that person, but just run in your cycles. Mm. Like, you know, let yourself then be tired and feed yourself, mm. you know, for day. Like, let that happen because it's important because then it'll come back to who you mm. naturally are, you know. I feel like I've come, you know, I'm 31 now and I've come into this age and I'm really grateful that like a certain level of like um don't give a fuck has washed over me but but I don't I do want to give my Mm. I do want to give some fucks fucks. like you know (laughs) I really do but I really want to be choosy about what I give the fucks to because I I'm just like you know I feel like this is the age where you can just be like very choosy with your fucks like you know and that's in every sense of the word (laughs) I think that might be our cold intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually could talk to you forever and um, we're over time. Okay. 
my lovely producer has a hard stop at 5.15. I love you, Darren. Um, (laughs) I finish each episode of the podcast by asking my guests the same question. Okay. 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 Um, And Offline exists as a resource for women to get to know themselves better. And I think we've had an amazing conversation helping facilitate that today. Um, And it also exists as an exploration of self and Mm -hmm. this concept of true self and who are we without the labels that we put on ourselves but also society puts on us and that's why I was really wanted to press you on that piece around curve and plus mm-hmm. um but when you're sitting in your true self yes who are you when i'm sitting in my true self so if you take away all the labels take away instagram the social following being an editor being a writer how do you identify with self I'm grateful just to be here. Like it's, it is really like, um, you know, and and that's the the thing is I never want to come off and sounding too preachy and too like, you know, because I get that there is sometimes in the world that I'm in where it is this body positive space, it's comes off as preachy sometimes. And like, I'm always perfect because I've found the answer. I haven't, you know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not in that, um, constant state of gratitude but I am really when it comes down to it like deeply grateful for my life and the fact that I just got to experience it the way that I have and you know the good and the bad and everything like that it's a miracle it's a real miracle so you know I'm I think I'm just a grateful person I'm a curious person and I'm a storyteller you know I want to tell people's stories I want to tell my own story and that's I'm grateful to know it and know know people who will allow me to do that. Yes. Thank you. And and I mean it when I say like truly thank you for what you're doing and we need you. So what you're doing is very important and I look forward to watching more. Thank you. And consuming more. And you as well. I get a bit obsessive, so get ready. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them.